Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Weekender edition of the Muckrake Podcast. We hope you've had a good week. We hope you're going to have a good weekend. Nick, how are we doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm trying to stay out of the heat and trying to conserve energy, uh, at least in California. They're pretty big on, uh, you know, turning the thermostat up a little bit, maybe not charging your cars between 4 and 9 p.m. Uh, easy, easy peasy. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that out of California real fast before we begin with very serious matters, because, again, we have an absolute jam-packed episode. Um, I think the people are clamoring to know, Nick, what temperature is your house set at usually? What's the what's the resting? Here's the weird thing. Our, our um, thermostats are strange. And so if we had it at 72, we'd be like frigid in an icebox or something weird with the, the yeah. calibration. So we keep it at like 74, 75. And that's really nice. In my office, I keep it at 77. And that's nice, too. Again, it's a smaller office with probably way too much power to come in here to cool it down. So, you know, I keep it 77. I, I have my, my charging for my car, my, my electric car. You know, it already is set to charge at certain times of the day. So I try and keep the grid, you know, uh, relatively. By the way, you know, the uh, the California by 2035 wants to have every single car, that new car sold, be electric. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's ambitious. I'm, I'm a 72 man in the summer. I can go up to a 74. In the winter, I'll let it get down to 60. I'm a Jimmy Carter guy in that way. I'll throw I'll throw a, a cardigan on. I'll, I'll, I'll get all cozied up. But this is the hard-hitting political podcast, everybody. Uh, a quick little bit of uh, house cleaning, a reminder that we are going to take Labor Day off next week, which means there will not be an episode on Tuesday. I will post uh, a solo podcast on Patreon on on friday of next week so you know just make sure that you go over to patreon.com slash podcast to not only get access to that but if you're listening right now to the free preview of this episode listen you're going to want the whole thing stop dipping the toe in the water jump in be, an, be an american god damn it be an american because today we gotta talk man we gotta talk about mikhail gorbachev dying we gotta talk about trump um tweeting out his own admission to crimes one after another. We got to talk about friend of the show, uh, Blake Masters, just absolutely eating it. So again, that is patreon.com slash muckrake podcast to not only get the rest of this episode, but the bonus episode next week. And as I said, Nick, Mikhail Gorbachev has died on Tuesday at the age of 91, the former general secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, the last secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, died at 91. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about the actual story of Gorbachev, how it different. <laughs> oh, I figured, you know, let, let's get into the mood. Of course, Gorbachev, well known as a reformer, uh, well known as ushering in the era of glasnost or openness uh, in which uh, citizens were allowed to criticize the Soviet Union which led to major dissident movements and eventually the collapse of the Communist Party itself. But there's a lot of economic reasons behind that. Um, you know, a lot of people like to just sort of paint Gorbachev as this uh, hero. He, he was not. He was a complicated figure. We'll talk a little bit about more about the history of it. But Nick, uh, before we dive any deeper, what are your personal thoughts on Gorbachev? I mean, I think that, you know, there was something about the summit between him and Reagan that might have made us all feel a little bit better in the middle of the 80s about... Well, because Reagan was a raving lunatic when he got in office. Right. And, and by the way, uh, I don't think much shit changed throughout his whole administration until in, through 88, but... 
But he did the right. He knew how to play the right notes, and it certainly, uh, in a way, like, like Trump kind of does too. In in the, the spectacle of the thing, he knew how important it would be to have both of these guys walking it together and having the big shake of the hands and having the summit. So um, you know, there, that part was good. But I guess you know, we have to. History is going to be battling for who gets you know the credit for uh, Russia moving away away from being the Soviet Union back to Russia uh, and maybe you know quote unquote opening up and you know not Western but making it a little bit less oppressive for their people. Um, you know, glasnost is always a nice phrase to use when you're thinking about Gorbachev, but uh, I don't know. I, I will rely on your take uh, just to figure out how he fits into that puzzle. Well, to go ahead and start with Reagan, um, when Reagan got into office, and, and listen, everybody wants to pretend Reagan was just like this, you know, red, white, and blue, normal uh, avatar of a president or whatever. When he got into office, man, his stance on Russia was absolute lunatic bullshit he got into office basically telling everybody that the world could end at any minute that they were a satanic empire that the united states was backed by god i mean listen the the story of reagan is a cult through and through uh eventually of course gorbachev made some inroads with reagan tried really hard to move to a point where we could get beyond nuclear weapons. Of course, Reagan uh, doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on that. A lot of the spending uh, on Cold War uh, machinery and weaponry is what drove the Soviet Union particularly into the ditch. But, you know, in American minds, we always sort of think about the Soviet Union as sort of um, a straight line like that, you know, it was just from beginning to end, it was the exact same thing. And if you actually want to talk about who Gorbachev was, um, you have to understand that the Soviet Union had these ruptures, these splinter moments. Uh, of course, we start with Vladimir Lenin, but after Lenin dies, Joseph Stalin takes over. Um, Stalin was not necessarily uh, a Leninist uh, or necessarily <laughs> a true Marxist. Uh, he was a totalitarian madman who took over control of the empire and, by the way, just completely ran it off the rails and, and not just with you know, imprisoning political enemies, but also affecting science and ideas of history. Eventually, uh, Nikita Khrushchev comes along after Stalin dies and says, he was an absolute monster. We have to start talking about what he did. Gorbachev was a Khrushchev guy. He, he absolutely hated Stalin. And the whole point of Glasnost was, we have to get back to Lenin. We have to get back to Marx. We have to get away from Stalinism. The problem is there wasn't much of a plan for how to do that. They tried to go through the ideology, bring it back into like, you know, straight up socialism. Gorbachev, if you actually look at the history of how the USSR fell apart, the United States like plays an incredible role, Nick, because they wanted a bailout. They wanted the United States to just go through and like basically pay for Russia and the Soviet Union to, to get out of debt and to figure it like a way to modernize itself. Um, the United States didn't do it. They would give some funds here and there. They would dangle a carrot here and there. But what they wanted was a Marshall Plan. They really wanted the United States to just shove a ton of money in there so the United States and Russia could get even closer, which um, 
weirdly enough, as it started to fall apart, like they were tied at the hip, but Gorbachev did not have a plan. There really was not anything there that could make the USSR continue. Well, by the way, the bigger issue in my mind with that was that the United States didn't do anything to help Russia or Soviet Union or whatever you want to call it at that point uh, secure the nuclear weapons. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was the only blunder we've ever made in foreign policy, Jared. So The only one that's ever happened. And eventually, you know, um, you can trace all of the modern problems right now uh, that we have over in that region to how we handled this whole thing. I mean, you know, like Ukraine basically gave back over their nuclear weapons, um, you know, almost with like a, a handshake agreement that Russia would never invade them or the United States would look after their security. It turns out, by the way, it's never a good idea to listen to the United States when it comes to nuclear proliferation <laughs> because it, it kind of puts you behind the eight ball a little well, bit. Well, ask Iran about that. Uh, we'll see what yeah, they think. no doubt. Or uh, Gaddafi. Or, or, and, and, yeah, or and, even the Mujahideen in Afghanistan in the late 70s. Uh, exactly. All of these things. And if you look at what actually took place, the United States was more than happy to let Gorbachev sort of, you know, bring this ship into harbor and eventually sort of save him i mean there there are multiple moments that like this whole thing could have completely fallen apart there could have been a coup you know there was an attempted coup yeltsin was an absolute mess eventually we're more than fine with vladimir putin coming out and i gotta tell you i don't know how familiar you are with it but um gorbachev died a really lonely death he was hated within russia he was seen as a, a betrayer of the cause of the soviet union he had lost his wife um vladimir putin you know basically took a break from shoving his uh, rivals out of windows to basically just say he died and you know it, it is a really really tragic thing but this person more or less was kind of a Gorbachev was almost sort of a midwife to the Soviet Union collapsing. There really wasn't anything else for it to do. You know, I, I've seen some polling over the last, you know, few years that there seems to be indication that the Russians would prefer to have been the Soviet Union still. Yep. Um, which it's, I just, it's hard to believe that that really is the case. But it would lend more credence to what you're saying anyway in the fact that, like, they just harken back to an earlier time. Maybe it's nostalgia, but man... Did you see The Death of Stalin? Speaking of which, is a great movie. Everyone should great watch it, Great movie. The Death of Stalin is yeah. excellent. But, and it's funny, but in, in, in a way that it makes you realize, holy crap, was this the worst, you know, the worst way to ever run a country? But, you know, if there is some reason why, you know, Russians want to go back to that, I mean, you know, you see a lot of it now in the in the uh, propaganda that's coming out against Ukraine. Uh, they, they, they have, they're still there. They still want to try and achieve, perhaps it's because the Soviet Union represents when they were a bigger power in the world stage, but still... Um, yeah, it, it, it all is very, it's a very strange and, and, and country that has a lot of, uh, uh, it's hard to, for me to wrap my head around exactly, you know, why they do whatever they're doing over there. Nostalgia is just a hell of a drug, man. It really truly is because it's like we're at this point where change feels almost impossible and like circumstances are getting worse and worse. Basically, what Putin has shown us and, you know, and, and from all of this and, and Trump as well, weaponized nostalgia. We used to be great. We'll make it great again. And that that is a lot easier than saying, you know, like Gorbachev did, like we can no longer continue living like this. I mean, it's the same as like a Jimmy Carter. Like we have to make changes. Well, guess what? Somebody else is going to swagger in and say, no, we're going to the past. And I, that's that's really romantic. I, I long for the days where corruption was simply just, you know, money in a freezer somewhere. Why can't we get back to that? That's what I want. I completely agree. Um, real fast, Nick. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. You you saw this like after he, after Gorbachev died. It, what an American thing this is. This ad 
uh, from the 90s starts uh, circulating. And it's a Pizza Hut ad where Gorbachev goes into, um, I assume, a Moscow uh, Pizza Hut. I Maybe with his granddaughter. Who knows? He goes in and he's eating a pizza. And, and this goes wild on social media because how American is it? And everybody in this place starts talking about Gorbachev did great things. He gave us freedom. No, Gorbachev took away the greatness. Um, just a really weird commercial, isn't it? Um, I mean, listen, I, I do commercials, right? I always love clever uh, hooks yeah. and way to make people, you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Um, and I think that part of it is uh, it was really it was clever. It really was clever because they were able to throw a lot of sort of the propaganda back in the Russians' faces. Um, you know, I suppose, I imagine it's it's stock footage that they're using and, and actors in America. But like you kind of get the feeling like, maybe, I don't know, maybe they are in Russia. But uh, it was definitely um, eye raising, eyebrow raising and certainly uh, a very effective piece of advertising for Pizza Hut without question. Well, I'll go ahead and say this, um, and, and I want to put a marker down in the sand. Uh, Pizza Hut used to be better. Speaking of nostalgia, like, man, back in the book it days. The personal pan pizza days. Ooh, they still have cheese. those? Mm, I believe they still do have that, but they used to have that little rippled bottom at the end and the cheese would get stuck on it. Unbelievable. But I think it's so incredibly telling. This commercial is just sort of um, post-Cold War environment, just just concentrated. It's incredible. The the argument in this neoliberal uh, consensus era, the idea that, oh, this person gave us freedom. No, they took away our honor. But guess what's most important? We got a pizza franchise out of it, which is incredible. I, I think that's as telling as anything really gets. And it does have a good commentary on the food in Russia. Like, I feel like, you know, there was rationing. It was hard to be able to eat, you know, good food that tasted like as good as pizza back then. So I kind of that, that's also a part of what they're saying as well. And I'm sure a lot of these Soviets or Russians would would say, like, it is better. We could have Pizza Hut versus the, the gruel that we were eating in, you know, in uh, like Ivan Denisovich. Well, and I'll also say America really enjoys the idea that as we export our businesses, that is freedom, right? <laughs> the, like the American idea is that we're going to send you our best ideas and cultural things, and that equals freedom. And you'll like after the Soviet Union collapsed, like you start seeing all these commercials. They're like GE is in Russia, you know? Oh, they got McDonald's there. And, and actually now um, it's, it's actually really interesting. Like when they invaded Ukraine, McDonald's all of a sudden started pulling out all of their, you know, their franchises. And that was something we kept like reporting on in the United States. It was like, oh, the worm has turned. You've lost your McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird how we've imbued these franchises with the idea of what America is and what American freedom is. You know, by the way, the McDonald's uh, movie with um – uh, what's his name? Uh, the original Batman, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is yeah. another one of those. And it, uh, we maybe it might be a movie that we do uh, for this pod because uh, it captures that there there is an essence of America in the in the origin stories of these uh, franchises. You see in the long threads on Twitter that only that permeate my timeline now. I don't know about you, but like here's how McDonald's started in 1950, whatever. Um, th there is the it, right you're like bootstraps. You're pulling yourself up and you're like creating something new. There's innovation. There's th there is a bit of that 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 Americanism, you know, exceptionalism we talk about in the, at least in the very beginning of these things before capitalism makes turns, turns everything to shit. 
Yep, yep, yep. The only thing we can say for sure, R.I.P. Miguel Gorbachev. Sometimes nothing brings people together like a nice hot pizza from Pizza Hut. Miguel Gorbachev. I, he did very well, by the way. He smiled very nicely. He had a nice reaction to the hail Gorbachev. I, I'll tell I'll tell you what, Gorbachev, and this is like one of the, the defining parts of his legacy, he was a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And he enjoyed being a celebrity. Like, they, he had that narcissism uh, that was necessary. By the way, speaking of narcissism, Ooh. we have to talk, Nick. We got to talk about pictures. We got to talk about documents on the ground. We got to talk about boxes. My God, the shit has officially hit the fan when it comes to Donald Trump and documents. Again, it's a lot of it's blacked out, redacted. I'm not, I'm not stupid. But uh, here's the point here. You know, I dealt with a lot of classified material in the Secret Service, too, like motorcade routes. And then, Brian, I've got news for you. After the motorcade route is run and 100,000 people saw the motorcade route, it's not classified anymore. I'm not telling you those documents aren't classified because I'm not a leftist media loser who jumps to conclusions. I'm simply telling you, jumping to the conclusion and assuming the FBI's story in the DOJ that it is classified is equally dumb. No, here's the thing. That, By the way, for anyone who doesn't recognize that terrible voice, that's Dan Bongino. And by the way, Dan, who, for whatever reason, preemptively blocked me on Twitter. If you're listening, like, I hope you're doing well. Come and you are show. that stupid. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question and answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.